0: This week's episode of the Back to Back Films podcast. Uh, this week we're doing something a little different. Uh, real life is kind of caught up to all of us, and Byron is unfortunately unable to make it this week. Uh, he's got overtime at work. So, Jacob and I are going to do a mini episode uh, in the two films. We're going to talk about our two Pixar shorts, one called For the Birds, and the other is called Piper. Uh, yeah, we recommend that you watch those before listening. Uh, this will be definitely be a shorter episode overall, uh, and Jacob's got a uh, quite a bit to say about these. I got some opinions. You got some opinions. Yes, that's, what, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I literally like just watched them, um, and then did a little bit of a little bit of background on both of them. But uh, yeah, let's hear it. What do you have to say? Well, aren't you? Uh, you're also going on vacation. Right oh okay, yeah, so that 's it. the other reason why we 're doing kind of a mini episode is that i 'm leaving to California for ten days, so we won 't be able to record next week, and then last week we weren 't able to record because of me again, it uh, and I me it. and Byron <laughs> I think yeah, we each, I we each did it real life, yeah, man. but uh, I had two job interviews lined up um the day after our usual recording day. Uh, and I needed to prepare for those so I canceled the recording and then this week is just crazy hectic for everyone so still wanted to produce an episode you know at least have something and not miss what would basically be three weeks it's a little too long to not record so yeah yeah we're gonna fill it in and try out and then this might even be a thing that just kind of happens just in general like these mini episodes if they're kind of you know fun it's kind of fun to just watch a couple of shorts because i think short films are th- are their own art form and they're pretty difficult to make and have like a decent, you know, piece come out of it. Um and these are these two films that we watch today, i think are pretty good ex- examples of what to do in a short film because i think both of them really I know. I picked up on a pretty obvious theme, you know, I think Piper was the longer one at like four and a half minutes or something or three and a half minutes or whatever it was, but they both kind of had like a pretty strong theme, you know, a couple of problems and then a nice little happy ending, you know, character kind of coming to some change at the end, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They, they both have that, that shift. Um, But really Mm -hmm. a lot of their, a lot of Pixar movies or short films have that shift in the character um definitely. But there there's some that don't. Um, there's some that are just kinda pure fun. Um, but most of them kinda have even if it's subtle, they they still kinda have it in there. Um, which is which is kinda sweet. But um but yeah, before we dive in, why are you going down to California?
0: Oh, uh it was a trip that we had planned. Um me and my girlfriend months ago when I still had a job. And uh uh, this is, I have family that lives down there. Yeah. And for like a huge chunk of my life, I was basically going down there every summer because uh, my mom and dad had like split custody or whatever. What, so what part of my California? Dad, oh, Southern California, Anaheim. Oh, nice. Area, right where Disneyland is at. Yeah. That whole kind of area. Um, but yeah, my whole dad's side of the family lives down there. So, you know. Get to go down there and see everyone, and my grandparents are kind of getting on in age, so it's nice to see them. You know, yeah. So it's kind of like a
1: family reunion sort of a deal, slash vacation, slash yeah. vacation. Well, are you going to go to Disneyland when you're down there, or to another theme park like Roxbury or no. something?
0: No, uh, Disneyland's super expensive, and I actually don't really like roller coasters. Honestly, I don't like riding roller coasters, so... (laughs) You don't? (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I don't. I know. That's surprising. Uh, I go over and totally like them, but I just, I don't know, I don't like riding them, so I don't usually go to, like, the bigger theme parks. Um, I mean, I guess if I did, Knott's would be the place to go, because Knott's is still fairly cheap, but Disneyland is, like... Well, uh, Knott's
1: is only, like... (laughs) big roller coasters disney disneyland is like they have cool art they have slower rides and stuff
0: yeah and Knotts has like their like water park section i'm pretty sure but uh i've been to disneyland like a bunch of times though so yeah so you're just like whatever yeah, yeah i mean she my girlfriend hasn't been there so it'd be nice to go but it's literally like 150 bucks now for like a day pass for like a park (laughs) hopper or whatever like it's crazy expensive so i just went i went there
1: a few months ago uh back when i lived in phoenix we just kind of drove over there and went and all i was thinking about the entire time was each person in this park paid at like 150 bucks and then they paid 20 bucks for parking and they're here for three days and then they're probably eating here and it's just like people are spending like $300, $400, Three hundred, four hundred dollars just a person just to be in the park, and yep. then they're also if they're staying in the hotels at Disneyland, which is stupid expensive. So I'm just thinking, like, man, there's so much money being made in this so much money park, and they spend so much money too because like they have all these cool shows, they always have new rides, every gift shops, gift shops, like all the, you know yeah. yeah special little bakeries that are like six dollars for
0: a cake pop you know, 10 bucks. Yeah. It's like, Whoa, for like actual food, you're not paying less than like 10 bucks for something. And then you'd think like, you know, a family of three to five people basically feeding them yeah. all day. Yes. You know, it's, and you have
1: to cr- buy a little goofy hat to put on yeah. your kid. Cause it looks hilarious and stupid. So you gotta yep. take a photo. So they feel stupid when they're older. That's what my parents did to me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Yeah, and then you can get, like, the ride photos, too. And those are, you got to pay for those, too. You know, like, the ones they take when you, like, drop down, like, Splash Splash Mountain Mountain or whatever. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, they they got got some dollars going on, for sure. Um, And now you think about it, now they're drawing people in, because they were suffering for a while. That's why Disney, I mean, one of the reasons why they ended up purchasing Marvel and purchasing Star Wars is because now you can go to their parks and you can see all the marvel characters you can see mm-hmm. all the star wars characters yep. there's gonna be new star wars rides like it's new star wars themes so, because they only had one star wars ride for a really long time yeah the star tours one yeah star and, tours uh, um but now they they
1: turned space mountain into a star wars ride is it now? Yeah, there's, like... Oh, dang. I didn't know It's that. actually kind of sweet. It was actually my, like, a really cool renovation, because it's... You're basically, like... You know how Space Mountain, it's all black or whatever, right? It's a roller coaster. It's yeah. completely dark. Can't see anything. You're supposed to be in space. Yeah, you're, like, in space or whatever. Um, but they turned it into they basically projected a bunch of stuff and you're basically like in a star wars like space battle and you're just flying around in this x-wing and it's actually like super sweet dude like everyone well at least when i was in line they were all clapping at the end of it like everyone they're like whoa that's so sweet and then i did it and man i just had chills the whole time because you're like zooming like
0: it it's just really cool I don't. I'm surprised I didn't hear about that because like it makes complete sense to do that, right? Like take your space ride and yes, and change it to a Star Wars ride. Yeah, but I didn't hear anything about them doing no, that. That's dude, crazy. It's Super cool. Um, highly,
1: highly recommend spending 400 to 500 dollars to go to Disneyland for three days and just do that <laughs> ride over and over again. <laughs> yeah, bro. because it's it's
0: super fun. Um, and you're not into roller coasters, but I think you'd be into this ride because it's. I I ride all the roller coasters. The only one I don't ride when I go to Disneyland is, like, the one in California Adventure. The, the like, Mickey Mouse yeah. roller coaster or whatever. Like The one with, where it has, like, the tune, the music in your ears. They have little speakers. And then it's, like, the... It's just, like, the big roller coaster that they have or whatever. Like, I ride roller coasters. I just don't like the big ones, essentially. Yeah. Like, I don't... I don't yeah, I'm like not this. a big fan of the whole dropping feeling. Yeah. No, me neither.
1: Like, I hate the thing where it, it just rises you up and then it just... You know, like the... Tower it, of Terror? Yeah, it's just like, or not the Tower of Terror, but just like... The one that shoots you up in the air, and then, yeah. No, I don't I don't mind that one, because I like the mood and the atmosphere like that they have in, in that. But it, just in general, like theme parks where there's just like a pole, and they there's like this circular, like a cylinder, oh, yep. and they strap you in, and the cylinder yeah. just rises to the top of the park, and then it just lets go. Like, I tried that once, and I
0: was like spooked the rest of the day. <laughs> so I yeah. was like, I can't, I just can't do those rides. I don't do those ones either. I did do Tower of Terror though, mainly just to do it. I did it once at Disneyland and then I did it once at in Disney World in Florida. And uh because they're they're actually different, the Disney World one's a little more like uh you like ride in the elevator room like through this hallway and then go into the shaft and then they shoot you up like there's like a whole kind of like ride section to it. Yeah. So I did both of those, but I I won't do those again. I'm not a big fan of the dropping. I just don't like the feeling, man, of of dropping. Yeah, like in a roller coaster or anything else. No, me neither. I've been a fan. Of I it, like so. to
1: think that I'm stable. You know, like on the yeah, ground.
0: Exactly. Even if I'm way in the
1: air, I just want to feel like I have a gra- ground to stand on. Exactly. Um, so. Okay. Well, should we jump into this? baloney about pixar this tiny little production studio that you probably haven't heard of listeners (laughs) this indie studio yeah it's pretty small um not a lot of press
0: (laughs) 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 they don't have gigantic animated movies with 200 million dollar marketing campaigns surrounding them and they're, they're not really known for that either
1: um but yeah, so I'll just, I'll just, before I dive into the shorts, I'll dive into just brief history about Pixar. Um, so and it, it, I'm sure you all know, but I'll just say it, American, it's, uh, Pixar is an American computer animated film studio. Um, it started as this basically subgroup called Graphics Group under Lucasfilms, and they basically did visual effects for um, just pretty small little movies here and there. And they worked with Industrial Light and Magic for a while um after return of the jedi they separated out because the return on uh, on basically how much money they were expecting to get back from jedi wasn't enough like they they thought they would be getting back more um and there's some politics behind that but i'm not quite sure why that is um and that's when they switched to um pixar and basically just were this independent um Uh, corporation um and they actually they were a hardware company for a while they had their pixar image computer um that they sold to government agencies scientific communities and medical communities um and you know basically just i'll try and i'll brief this up even more um they sold uh, Pixar to or not sold Pixar, but Steve Jobs paid five million bucks to basically uh join as a board of directors as a chairman to basically just buy the company and and just give them funding to um for them to kind of make their own uh short films and commercials and stuff like that um and in the early or in the late eighties um basically they started making commercials and they did Tropicana, Pillsbury, uh commercials for Sesame Street, Toys R Us, Listerine, Hershey's. Are these Hershey's.
0: Are these animated commercials or are these Yeah, so they're regular they're, commercials. they're
1: using the um the technology from that that they created. Um and they they made a short film. Uh the short film was called The Adventures of Audrey and Wally B and uh then they made Luxo Jr. And with those two films they basically got a bunch of contract jobs with commercials um to use that kind of same digital animation style in in commercials um so and they did a ton they did over 30 commercials um in in the 90s so from 91 to like 97 they were like full-scale commercial making commercials all the time um and the company was still failing unfortunately um because it's, I guess it's just a really hard industry. Um, um, But basically the, their saving grace, uh, so to speak, is uh, that they wanted to make Toy Story and Jobs was like, no, we're not making Toy Story. But then a bunch of film critics in New York said that Toy Story would be insanely successful after they read the script. And then they confirmed with Disney that Disney would want to distribute the movie um so after that Steve Jobs was like sure let's make this uh let's make this thing and uh the total production budget was 30 million they made toy story and uh they actually spent 20 million in marketing from disney and then 145 or 125 million was spent uh by burger king pepsi coca-cola payless to have tie-in promotions to the product um yeah toys so, and stuff. so it was like oh, right. insane like marketing um stuff and you know toy story blew out of the water and they they um ended up i think it grossed like three hundred and three hundred and seventy-two million. 372 million um so a huge return um and then they followed up with bug's life and um bugs life they decided they would try putting they would make a short and put it in front of the film and that was the first time they did that was
0: with the bugs life their second film um and uh which eventually became a like mini movie slash show at uh california adventure actually too oh the 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 chessboard one no it's like the Bugs Life, where like you go into this big room and there's like a, it's like a theater, and you watch like a, you know like a, a short, like a whatever twenty minute, fifteen minute, oh yeah, minute,
1: like a short film like based short, on the movie. Yeah,
0: and then the seats all have like little gimmicks in them. Like there'll be a scene where like a bunch of bugs are running across like the ground, and then your seat will start to like get all bumpy under your butt, and like right. there's a section with bees. And, like, you know, air will, like, poke your back or something. And, like, spiders drop <laughs> out of the ceiling during the spider attack. Like, there's all these, like, little gimmicks.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the... Yeah, kind of like almost, like, 4D movies. Yeah. 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 Like, it. yeah, they, like, interacted with you and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, so Pixar... They, start, they started doing stuff like that, too. Um, so that was kind of where they saw kind of something interesting that was happening with these shorts um and after monsters inc which was the uh for the birds short um they decided to uh create a program within their company to allow for animators um you know any any basically anyone except the key people i'm sure the key people can can still pitch but basically anyone can pitch a short film idea and if they really like it then they'll make it um so that's where you get films like uh for the birds um directed by um this guy uh ralph Eggleston, uh who is an animator and still animates for pixar and this is kind of his one director credit um which is for the birds. And so he, this was the first of this kind of short films program. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how it was started. So they really were kind of all over the place and then decided, Hey, these short films, they were getting Academy attention, um, were able to push the technical aspects of how animation works. And that's, that's something that Piper did really well, which is why I wanted to talk about it. Um, today because it it is pushing the technical um aspects of animation like it's just cranking it so far beyond anything else that has even existed um, mm-hmm. um and uh yeah i mean pixar will still make short films well there's a short film slotted to be in front of uh cars 3 which comes out later this year um, but they also started doing short films based on their products. So like what you were talking about with the 4d, um, cinema, like at the, at Disneyland, um, they do a bunch of that. Um, but then they also do like just little sequels, almost like short films, uh, to their, uh, features. Uh, so like, you know, for the Incredibles, they did Jack, Jack attacks or something like that. And it's, uh, basically just with the same characters and it just is kind of like a, a revisit to the you know they just had like mm-hmm. a
0: little idea um also i think because i was reading about for the birds and these short films not only are they like you know testing people's little stories and not only are they, not only are they using them for like beginning of movies you know semi-promotional uh, little things too but they're using it to like test technology mm-hmm. i guess with for the birds it was the first time they were testing um the character movement along with background movement yeah. and the simultaneous like yep. uh, animation mm-hmm. so like it's a really um in, ter- in terms of making the animation and whatnot, it's like a, quote, uh, inexpensive way to do the testing and, like, a way to actually... Instead of just being like, okay, make one scene, it's like, okay, let's make a little short that can be used for something, but also use it to test out the technology. Because you could even see it in Piper, too. Like, that animation in that one was superb and, like, nothing I've really ever seen because it's such a... Like, when they put all their R&D and all their money into animation and... and furthering that as their main goal like it's crazy how far ahead they are yes compared to every other company on the planet yes doing animation it's
1: it's essentially their r&d that is what yeah that is what the short films are that is that is right but they are so extremely far ahead and (laughs) it's crazy because even like even brave that movie like they did experiments with that with her hair or just like the hair in that movie was like stupid insane um with, like, how it was rendered and how they animated it and
0: the style of whatever. I, I... They were testing out, like, like uh what did they call it? was, like, individual rendering of hairs or something. Yeah. I think the first Instead one they tried that it. with was Monsters, Inc. Yes. Like, with uh, Sully, I think, was the first time they really tested it. But then, yeah, they pushed it further with Brave yep. and trying to get that, like, flowy. Because hair is weird, too, where it's, like... You know, it it doesn't have a movement, so when you, like, you know, how do you... You have to have an equation, essentially, that, like, updates itself. Because, you know, certain movements, like a hand, you can get a hand to move, you know, down, and then up, down, then up, down, then up. Yeah. And it'll move in a straight kind of arc or whatever. But hair, it's like, you know, you could move to the right, but depending on how hard you move your head, you know, it'll move your hair a little bit more, a little bit less. Like, there's no rhyme or reason necessarily to how hair moves right yeah and that's that's and and just like the
1: the blur of it too like mm-hmm. if if you if one hair strand moves it needs to have a cert, a very specific amount of blur in a very specific yep. spot um and if your hair is clumped um like if you're kind of clumping hair then it it kind of gets rid of that idea you know and it's yeah. and it's suddenly not as
0: you know it just looks fake faker come to th- come to think of it i th- i want to say like when you watch like anime i wonder if that's a reason why they kind of started to draw anime hair the way it is because it'd be easier to have it move you know like anime hair is always that kind of spiky yeah uh spiky like it's not it's really unrealistic yeah and everything's your hair's clumped like you said so it's easy to get it to like i said moving kind of like a straight arc like an, it, you know left and right left and right left and right on a 2d plane yeah I wonder if that's why they were. I, dra- I think to that's a
1: hundred percent right. I think that that is why. Even when you're drawing it, like it's so much easier to get hair to move when you're like literally hand drawing, when mm-hmm. it's when there's like a tiny amount of hair that you have to do, mm-hmm. or if the hair acts like it's part of the body, um, sort of you know, like in Dragon Ball Z, they have. Crazy hair that's like flying up and down and stuff like that. And if they had actual hair, like if they're trying to make it look like actual hair, um, that would, that would be horrible. Like in those yeah, it scenes where like it's like the close up and they're like turning into um, they're 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 going Super Saiyan, you know, and their hair like spikes up and it's like it's like it's like they're, like they're like there's like a fan beneath them and it's just like and it's just blowing the hair like everywhere. Mm-hmm. That would be the worst. That that would be the worst it job. You would look funky. And you yeah. Would, Oh yeah, it'd be the worst. You job. would never ever get the show finished. Because no. it would take forever. Um but now we're in kind of the this digital world where a lot of it is equations. It's 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 sitting down and thinking, what is like the algorithm that'll work here? How can we implement yep. more
0: hair this time around? Um and yeah, because I I was trying actually to do this basic effect in After Effects where I was trying to get a ball or a, a object to come in and then bounce like a ball would. So what a ball does is when if you if you were to throw a basketball in an arc, it would hit the ground and then it would bounce and it bounce and bounce, but each bounce would get progressively smaller in like a you know in a kind of un- semi uniform way, mm-hmm. and that's actually not a super. You could get it After Effects to like automate that for you but it's not a straightforward process and the way i found it was that basically this guy wrote a script so like you know a coding for the freaking program that you'd insert in and then you'd apply the script to the object and the effect and whatnot so like basically after effects you know you can do a lot of animation with after effects with just the effects that are there yeah with keyframing and keyframing yep. especially yeah but it's like if you really get to the nitty gritty of it basically after effects pros are like program coders is yeah. really what they end up being cuz
1: cuz it has its own kind of language that you you need yeah. to learn um and and what the, they call it expressions in in after effects it's like That's what it was yeah uh yeah that, that's just like basically just scripted computer language um mm-hmm. And it's pretty complex. <laughs> uh, it's so complex. If you really, if you want to be a master of After Effects, which I continue to believe that no one can ever be a master of After Effects, but I'm sure there's someone out there who's like, I am, um, but I, I don't know. There's so much to learn there, with that so program. There's so
0: much. Um, and there's actually free... Uh, website you can use with free tutorials for it called Video Copilot which is a phenomenal... Yes. They give you the assets you need. Yeah. So like you just download, you like, you go to tutorial one, download the folder, it gives you the p- same picture and all the assets that are exactly in the video and then you just follow step by step and like, you know, start, it gets progressively harder. There's like 20 or 30 or whatever, however many yeah. they do actually. The, the
1: guy who does those his name is Andrew Kramer and he has a really funny sense of humor. Uh, so it kind of, it's not as dry as you would think. Cause he really is. He's just like a f- funny guy, but, um, he does a lot of, he's done some work in Hollywood. Like he, he worked on, uh, uh, Star Trek, um, the closing credit sequence. Um, so, right. so he's like done animation work for that. I'm sure he's done other stuff too. Um, I don't know his entire credits, but I'm sure you could l- look it up if you, really wanted but he's a really good after effects teacher and he's actually who i learned from so he's the only those are the only tutorials i've done i mean i've looked up stuff on youtube but i went through and did all of his tutorials um i think there was like 90 of them at the time and jesus uh i learned everything i needed to know um in after effects and now i use it sometimes for jobs um
0: more often uh, than that. nowadays like if you're going to be an editor cuz I've been applying for jobs like crazy and like looking at editing jobs and stuff like it's basically bundled skills so like you need to have skills in premiere and you need to have skills in after effects because yeah. they want motion graphics and you know uh bumpers motion bumpers and like the intro outro pieces and like titles moving and like and you know, just being able to animate like infographics for some people like it's a crazy big portion of the industry that i don't think is covered as much as just like being a basic editor uh, and i know like it's a good job you could get to work remotely uh, you know because you just need the computer you need access to computer good internet to upload and download files and mm-hmm. you need the adobe suite which is like 60 bucks a month or 70 bucks a month or whatever you get the whole adobe suite yep um and that's like a really good way to go and actually i'm pretty sure there's a someone in mount vernon so mount vernon is like 40 minutes north of seattle uh there was a guy who lives there who did remote um like compositing like uh uh he would basically take the plates for shots they did and lost and he would go through and through after effects what is essentially the equivalent of photoshop he would shop the videos to be like you know there'd be like a plate and it it would be a panning shot across this like kind of looks like a barracks and then to the right would be like buildings well he would go through and he would have the barracks and he'd kind of like add in a car here he would kind of spruce up the color a little bit and then when it panned over to where the buildings were it would turn into jungle instead so he like added all these like you know the 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 background like exactly visual effects exactly and like he just lives in mount vernon and got contracted with the you know abc or CBR, whatever uh, group produced Loss, I can't remember, but uh, or Fox or whatever, but... Uh, I think it was ABC. Yeah. W- yeah, they contracted him, and then that's all he did. It was just like, you know, he. it was just a couple of shots here and there throughout the series, you know, and... It's pretty sweet. He, I can't remember what his name is, but you can see his his website and his reel where it does, he does, like, the before and after of all of them. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, And yeah, that's something you can just easily... Do just with After Effects Mm -hmm. and a computer and Internet, you know, and that's uh, nowadays there's this thing called uh, free uh, nomad freelancers. And they're essentially people who just they don't have a home necessarily. uh, And they travel the world with their laptops and uh, they basically do freelancing gigs uh, remotely and travel the world uh, I, there was a, someone who I've worked with a lot an art director who, um, is also a really good designer and she just started doing that. Um, and so she was in like Southeast Asia for like two months and she's just like hopping around and seems so such a neat opportunity, uh, for, for some people like, you know, cause some people are just like that. They, they, they need like that freedom. And, uh, before like photographers could do that pretty easily, but now anyone with a computer can do it. Um, so it, it kind of, at least in advertising, uh, it, if you want that kind of lifestyle, you can have that, um, at a risk, you know? Um, but you can live in fucking Mount Vernon and do projects. Um, yeah, exactly. Which is crazy. But what's really odd is like, if you want to be, uh, and, and that's just for like your technical stuff but if you want to be like a screenwriter like you need to also be good with people you, you know so you need to be in a place where you're constantly interacting with people but if you're just the person who just switches out a background like you don't need to be good with people at all you just need to be able to do the work and I think jobs like that where you don't need to be the face of anything you just need to do the work that is, that's where like it's excellent to to kind of you can have those these opportunities, like being a nomad or living in fucking Mount Vernon.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of all you places. Just basically, like you just yeah, you got to be someone who's not doesn't want to be tied down or is not tied down by like you know other things for sure. Yeah, um, but I mean, even then, like I mean, there's so many that the, like you could work remotely doing all sorts of things with the Adobe Suite. Like you know, it's got. The, the Adobe is crazy right now how much they're covering because they even introduced an animation program. Yeah. So the you character can, animator. Yeah. Mm hmm. So you can like, and I think uh, I heard this and I, so this is conjecture, but it's, uh, I, I heard that Archer is actually, the characters are all designed in illustrator and then animated through after effects. Yeah. I think, I think that's right. Um, so you know there it is lost as or lost uh archer is made you know in two or three programs in adobe entirely so like they, you they could probably make, use plugins and stuff also oh, totally but, yeah they use yeah. i'm sure their after effects programs are like crazy modified yeah, beefed up for their, <laughs> yeah uh but like basically what i'm saying is that you know you could make an entire animated feature film by yourself in the comfort of your own home in you know, wherever your computer is at basically. Yeah. And if you had 12 years <laughs> also, yeah, well, yeah. And, and if you, yeah, I, I guess you could. Yeah. Yep. Yes. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, I just saw a guy who, no, this is not really animation so much, but he used MS paint to illustrate a whole book which took him 10 years but Whoa. he used he learned how to do all the paint like everything in paint to make these crazy kind of like pretty detailed pictures for like a picture book he was trying to make because no one else would like you know pick up his stuff or whatever Dude, that's so, crazy who what project was that uh i'd have to look up i'd have to google it oh yeah we should look it up afterwards no, for sure i'm super yeah, interested but, in that I mean, just Google, like, MS, you know, author uses MS Paint to to make book or something, and it'll pop up, like, right away. Okay. Uh, and then it shows, like, some of the examples of his work, and, like, it's pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, pretty impressive, for sure. Beep, like, MS Paint is kind of a joke, but people
1: do some crazy stuff with that. Like, there's that one person who just redid the Mona Lisa in MS Paint, and it looked, like, fucking, like, the Mona Lisa, <laughs> you know? That's crazy. Yeah, because all it really takes is just changing the colors you know of each pixel and you you are allowed to do that with ms paint um it's very time consuming but you can do it um if that is what you're into um
0: i mean yeah. it's like it's you know accessible to anyone who's got a microsoft computer yeah you know. yeah uh you can just get her done yeah get her done so these two films these short films are pretty interesting i usually don't you know like i usually don't watch a lot of pixar stuff but i found these ones pretty endearing and uh i chuckled for sure you know (laughs) i think the the piper one was pretty pretty funny uh it's amazing how much like life and like how much how many like human aspects the, the these Pixar artists and writers can stuff into like you know animals and creatures and stuff like and then ones yeah. that don't even you know like the little or the loss or for the birds was like you know egg shaped birds or whatever yeah. like it's totally not a you know it's not a real looking bird or anything right. but it's still very like it's got these like you know feelings and, and emotions that you can kind of connect to yeah. They're kind of
1: they're they're humanized. Um yeah. And I think in in both um uh For the Birds and Piper um they had some animations where they are doing more human things like like nodding um and stuff. And I th- I think for 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 the Birds they had more human-like qualities to them. Um but in Piper um they tried putting in more human-like qualities, like nodding and um, shaking their head for no. Um, and they, they ended up taking it out because they wanted... John Lasseter, who's like the head creative of Pixar, uh, told the director um, of Piper, which... Uh, God, I didn't write it down. <laughs> um, Anyways, there's a director of Piper. Um, But uh, he basically told him like, don't try not to do the human stuff. Like try to do it a different way. Like try, think about like how the bird would, would say yes or, or no to its mom. Like how would, how would this bird like do that? And like come up Mm -hmm. with something different. Um, And that was kind of, that's just kind of like what Pixar is, you know, like they, they will humanize an umbrella but then they'll animate the umbrella in a way that like it won't nod when it says yes it'll do something different it'll do what what would an umbrella do to say yes um and that was kind of the the trick with both birds and piper is that they don't have any dialogue so everything has to be like this visual um thing so it, it's a really challenging medium because like it, it just a simple line could easily like convey the same thing, but instead they're forcing their animators and the directors to think about ways to tell the story visually without dialogue. Um, and that's real, that's really what's pushing the animation, um, and the technical aspects too. It's like, okay, how can we make this bird more realistic? Um, we could easily just give it a line, but we want to do the hard thing. We want to do the thing that's going to push the technology. That's going to maybe our next project down the line will implement these, uh, codes or algorithms or animation styles that we discovered or used for, for this project. And that's where Piper's technical excellence has just outshined everyone else because the, it's what what it is really is it's the sand the water and the feathers um usually when you're doing a project you want to pick one of those things to kind of conquer but they they decided to do all three and not only are they doing all three here they're they're doing them together in one shot so there's like the shot of piper under the water with the little uh crab um and you have fe- wet feathers you have water that with particles floating around in the background um mm-hmm. you could even see like the waves on the top of the water because you're under kind of looking up so you could see that you could also see the sand particles floating around and and looking that having that wet look to them um so that is where like piper is just like just technically brilliant and the it that is kind of why everyone was so, like, blown away by Piper. Because uh, not only is it a really great little story, but it also achieves so much for the greater animation community. Um, and apparently they uh, they really pushed the skills of the computers that they were using, um, like the the rendering capabilities uh, to the max. Oh, yeah. uh, They just cranked everything up because they had seven million feathers created for the sandpipers. Uh, and they had billions of sand pebbles to make up the beach. (laughs) So billions, um, Jesus. So, and each one of those is reacting to things on its own. Um, and a lot of this stuff that was made in Piper was handcrafted. Um, so what they mean by that is it was done, uh, manually instead of using, um, a code like like what you were saying how you uh went into after effects and had that script so instead of doing all th- do it that way with these scripts that have already been made they either created their own scripts or went through and manually like moved stuff around in order to make it uh look the way it looks um and that's why the process for animating this short film took 1.5 years uh wow just to do the just to make it, um, and of course, they're going back and switching story up, you know, uh, because that's just kind of the process of animation, you're kind of in production and development at the same time. Um, all animated films are like that, and that's that's why animated film writers aren't part of the WGA, uh, like that union, uh, because it's really hard to tell like what a writer does in an animated film project um um and like where they are kind of what what did they actually write versus like what changed later and it's all really complicated and i don't want to get into that but um but yeah i mean the whole process of making this short film was three years and it had a stupidly huge team of people um, they spent half a year with the initial story, um, a full year just designing the main character um, and storyboarding. Um, so they were doing those two things simultaneously. Um, and then, of course, the 1.5 years of animating, total of three years. So... Yeah, long so if process. You're a,
0: if you're making a short film, you know don't don't give up and don't be uh, discouraged by how long it can take to even make a short film. Um, it, especially if you're doing it by yourself
1: and and if yeah. it's taking three years. Like th- this is a t- this these are teams of people who are veterans in animation, and it's taking yeah. them one point five years to make this
0: um, with like top of the line like you know eight to ten thousand dollar like computer rigs like extremely hard
1: computer yeah Yeah. and 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 an ass load of money (laughs) yeah well yeah Yeah. that too just loads of money um so if you're
0: making your little
1: animated thing um don't give up
0: (laughs) don't give up i mean even just if you're making a live action you know short film like it the process it takes so long it did it does and like you know, the more extensive you try to be, the more detailed you try to be, the longer it's going to take. And it's just, it's just the process So you can't get, you know, you can't be dissuaded by, you know, there's been documentaries that have taken, you know, 10 years plus to get made, you know, like imagine the ups and downs and the really, really, really low downs in a process like that, where you just feel like, you know, you're never going to see the end of it, that type of thing. Like filmmaking it's cool when it's when you see the film and it's all done and like you know Hollywood has it down because they're spending so much money on it that they have to get something you know there has to be a finished product within a short period of time but even then some of their films can take you know I mean the Revenant took five years you know uh, just to shoot it and like um, you know uh uh, uh,
1: Ter- uh Terrence not Terrence Malik, Terry Gilliam's new movie was in production for 16 years and that was um un- unintentional <laughs> it, it's not like boyhood where they're like purposely doing it mm-hmm. i think they were like p- production got halted for a reason and then it went back and then they got halted again so it's been like a really long process for his new movie and it just
0: wrapped like a few days ago that's crazy so i'm um, very road he had that s- entire script and storyboard, the ex- almost the exact same one as what appeared, uh, you know, just last year or two years ago or whenever it came out. Um, he had that whole thing done in, like, the 90s, and no one would pick it up. Yeah. You know, like, it was two decades of pre-production hell that I couldn't get out of. So, you know, it's... Takes a even long time. Some <laughs> of the, it takes a crazy long time. Yeah. Even some of the biggest you know, like the hottest filmmakers at one time can still struggle to get stuff made. So, you know, it's one of those things you just power forward and imagine, keep imagining what the end product is going to look like and then get there. That's just all you can really do. You know? Yeah. That's, that's it. Just keep chugging along like everybody else. Cause
1: I mean, really in the end, it you have to like the work, you know, you do, you can't, uh, I mean, you can, you can hate writing but if you love having written, like if you love looking at your script and being like, I did this like that, that could be fine. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a filmmaker and you're like that, I think that's fine. Um, just, but if you are like that, just know that like it's, it might be a struggle for a
0: decade <laughs> or, or longer. <laughs> and like, you know, the The most fun part of filmmaking, the actual production is like the shortest, shortest uh, time, like everything else around it, the editing, the writing, the pre-production, the, the marketing, the distribution, that all is like, you know, 10 times more time than the production. The production is always yeah. the shortest. It's always the most fun. It's always the thing that everyone wants to do. But even when you're doing production though, and you could be having, You know, a blast doing what you're doing because it's a super lucky job, you know, to even have like it's still work and it's still you're still going to have days where you're you're, you don't want to go and you don't want to do it. (laughs) Yeah. And whatever. Like, you know, I've I've heard Fincher say this a lot where he's like, you know, there's there comes a point where it's like it's a job and you got to get up. You got to force yourself to get up and you got to make your, you know, nine to five. Yeah. Do the grind.
1: Except for them. It's like they're doing splits they're doing you know upwards of like 16 hour days sometimes yeah and splits they're like doing eight hours in the during the day and then eight hours at night like the following day so they have like a fucked up sleep schedule yeah and it's it's just it's rough
0: it's rough and then you think about like you know some actors have to do those schedules for shooting and then eight hours beforehand just to get the fucking makeup and costume on. Yeah. You know, like, so they're going 32 hours or whatever straight, yeah. you know, doing this work. And then you wonder why people are on freaking, you know, doing coke and whatnot right. to, to to stay ahead. Because it's like, you know, it's it's work. And, you know, as glamorous <laughs> yeah. as people want to make filmmaking, it's work. Right.
1: I mean, I think it was, um, oh, God, I'm blanking on his name, but the director of Clerks. Uh. Kevin Smith Oh yeah Kevin Smith He said uh, When you make Your first film uh, You're gonna gain I think He he said You're gonna gain Like 30 pounds Or something like that (laughs) (laughs) He's like After you make Your first film And you've gained 30 pounds Then then you could be One of us Uh, I think he told that (laughs) On like Project Greenlight He like told the guy That or something And it was uh, I mean (laughs) I'm pretty
0: sure People just put on weight Dude Like well, stress, you know, stress, not, cigarettes, not eating well because McDonald's, you're eating, you know, yeah, you're eating food that's like cheap to get and, and easy to get a lot of for catering and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like yep. you're, you're not, you're chugging a lot of coffee or consuming a lot of sugar. Like it's just, right. you're doing everything you can just to keep the, excuse me, keep the energy going. Uh, so, you know, I can totally see people gaining weight very, very easily <laughs> or losing weight in case or losing weight. Of those people that just. Won't eat anything. Yeah. You're trying to still do all the work, you know. I I would uh, be in the gain weight camp. Yeah. I believe. <laughs> Probably me too. I don't know. I when on my productions, you know, I always like pizza an easy thing to get. You know, most people like pizza. You can get some for vegetarians, some for people who are not vegetarian, whatever. Yeah, and it's fairly cheap. So I usually get that, and then I always end up like making sure everyone else gets fed. And then if there's anything left, I'll eat. But if not, then we just have to do the day. So like there's some days where I've gone and only had like, you know, one slice of pizza for like the whole day or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's just, that's just how, what happens, you know? Cause that's funny. Uh, I just want to make one quick comment though. Cause, yeah. Cause your, your thing about writing, if you hate writing, uh, you still kind of got to stick with it. And you know, if you like you said, if you like to see the finished product, the script, and you feel like to, if you want to shoot a film, you know, writing is generally part of it because there's not a lot of people who are going to write for you or write something that they don't want to make themselves. Unless you have uh, money. Right. You have <laughs> but even money. then, it's it's hard to get someone lot, good. Yeah, oh, Totally. And then there's a lot of people that write stuff that you just won't like, so eventually you'll have to rewrite anyway. So at some point, you're going to be writing. Uh, and uh, one of the more recent Script Notes episodes... I listened to was super awesome. It had, uh, Rob Meccalini, who was the creator of it's always sunny in Philadelphia and Ryan Johnson, who's doing, who's writing and directing, uh, the newest star Wars. And Ryan Johnson, when he comes, when he went on there, he was very, very blunt, very, very candid. And I love this. He was basically like, i fucking hate writing yeah <laughs> it's the worst thing ever he's pretty outspoken and it's about that. yeah it's literally just like the worst part worst process and part of the filmmaking process or whatever and he just said he hated it. but it was like you know it helps on his end because like he's made some movies and he probably got paid a boatload of money to write just the right the script for uh the last jedi and then obviously a, a bunch more money to direct um but you know, just to hear someone like that, who's basically in the big time right now, yeah. just being like, "I, it's a process I hate, and I don't ever want to do it, but I still do it." You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I think most writers say that writing is awful. I, it's it's a very rare to have a writer be like, "This is the greatest thing ever." It's like, I think I think deep down, anyone who writes enjoys writing, but I think overall the pro of the process of getting well forcing yourself to write and then having that the discipline to do it coming up with ideas flushing out those ideas you know takes years to write a script sometimes because you just your ideas don't work and you 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 hit a block you know and like there's all these different these self-help books of like trying to get you (laughs) trying to learn how to write and and try and get yourself in a process of writing you know and jerry seinfeld and stephen king they all say you know if you're gonna write you basically got to spend like i think stephen king writes like x amount of pages every day yeah period yeah and that's it if he if he you know if he that he he doesn't do anything else until he makes sure he gets those pages done Jerry Seinfeld, he said his process was he'd have this giant calendar on his wall, and every day he did some writing, he would put a big, fat, red X on that day, and it got to the point where he was like, you know, you you, you want to see this big pattern of X's on your wall, and you don't want to see any gaps, you know. Oh, you that's a really good perfect idea. Perfect and clean, right? Maybe yeah. I should do that. I I really like that idea. I'm going to do it, that. It only works, I think, if you just have a big visual for it. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, and then you got to kind of got to be one of those people <laughs> who's kind of anal. Like, I ah oh, man, yeah, fuck that one square where I didn't yeah. write on that day, you know. But you also got to be honest with yourself too, and be like, you know, I didn't write that day, so I'm not going to mark it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't, don't lie to yourself. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, I was reading this book where this woman was talking about her process, and she was like, you know in 30 days in a month period, I say, I'm going to write 70. I'm going to fill a notebook in, in 30 days, a uh, spiral notebook. Right. Right. With, it doesn't matter what I write in it. Just fill it f- front to back. And she's like, you know, if I spent, you know, the first 28 days and I only wrote five pages, well, then I've 95 pages to fill in five <laughs> days. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's just forcing yourself because what really, what writing is, is like 99% garbage, you're just spewing shit onto a page like I've been doing free writing which is literally just like I have a character that I've been trying to develop and I'll just be like okay she woke up she had coffee she ate a piece of bread because she's a crappy eater and she did this like this is mundane stuff like day to day like this is my character's day daily routine which you would never put into a book ever unless it was some important detail you needed or in a script or whatever but it's just something to do to get the juices flowing and then eventually you'll you'll be writing and be like wow i actually wrote something good there you know what i mean like yeah. i can pull that chunk out and there's my there's one scene and then 3 days later you know there's another chunk of a scene It's just shit like that just like writing is a pain in the ass for sure yeah it's hard to just sit
1: down and do it mm-hmm. for me <laughs> like no seriously really even is. if i do sit down and open the little program or whatever then i'm like looking at the am just staring at it <laughs> yep. you know and then i find I, myself on uh on facebook and then yep you know then that's you, why then I you get dirty with yourself a little bit and like all right after this
0: i'll <laughs> i'll start writing and then you don't and it's i think that's why i stopped using the computer i stopped using the computer to write you start, yeah like, you, 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 you just, started using notepads I went back to notepad. Yeah. yeah because that's where I, I, I was, start on there too. Well, I was typing scripts out, which for me, it can be kind of easier. Cause I'm kind of like, just when you look at the script format, it's kind of almost easier to write in the script format, mm-hmm. but it was just so easy just to like, you know, unless you have a program or something set up on your computer that locks everything so that you can just focus. Like yeah. it's so easy to drift away and just do other things. And like, you know, you just, the notepad is like, I see the notepad. There's a blank page. I need to get to the bottom of it.
1: Yeah. Like it know. doesn't interfere with you at all, but, uh, and it's so easy to like take your notepad, like uh, on what say too, whatever yeah. scene they had and take it with you anywhere. But it's yep. also insanely easy to like, just retype out what you already wrote. Like that's, yep. it's so easy just to do that. And you can edit while you do that. And, uh, yep. I've found that like, I write so much easier, even if I'm sitting at my computer I just get out the notepad and write on it like i just i just wrote a short like one minute uh thing for my website um it's like an about me sort of a thing um and i kind of got fun with it and got creative with it and i I wrote it all on the notepad and then um transcoded it to just a word doc i didn't want to fuck around with the actual uh script writing Mm -hmm. software because it's like a one-minute thing and it's it's it just it has VO, so like it would it would be totally fucked if like it's VO led, so it'd be totally fucked up looking on it in a script and um yeah, I'm really excited about it. Like it should be really cool, it'll be different, it's has a lot of me in there. Um and it nice. talks about who I am as a person and the type of work I'm into um is kinda woven into it. Um so I'm really excited to make it. I sh- I should be making it sometime this summer and then I'll put it on my website and it'll be like a sort of calling card for me, almost like a real, but you know, a little bit different. Um, but yeah, when I make that I'll post it up, but, uh, but yeah,
0: all on a notepad. It's the only way to do it for me. It really is. Yeah. It's, and like you said, you can go anywhere, you know, sometimes it's good to go somewhere and just write about what you see, you know, as a, as a form of just writing. Cause that's, the trick to writing is literally just writing like, yeah, you're never, you're not going to always have good stuff, but as long as you're writing something down, you're still writing. Yeah. some Something in there is, we'll be good. I mean, that's
1: why photographers nowadays, uh, with the digital era, they're just like picture, 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 you know, cause yep. like there's going to be one of them that's going to be good, you know? And that's mm-hmm. why they have, if they're trying to capture a very specific moment, they have that rapid fire, like thing. Yep. Um, because they're looking for that one shot that in that sequence that they just shot, that'll, that'll really, that'll tell the story of what happened. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. I think just kind of a little ender here. Uh, there's a book that I've been reading that's, it's awesome because it's called writing down the bones. Uh, it's awesome little book. It's, it's like a, it is sort of self-help in the sense that she's trying to, to give you advice and ways to do writing, <laughs> but it's cool because it's like, these chapters are like two or three pages are like super short. And some of them are like, uh, I wish I had the book right in front of me right now, but they're like, they're they're She uses like a metaphor for the chapter to explain things. So it'll be like this quick, like two page, you know, little jaunt about something that, relates to writing but as a metaphor for it like don't burn the toast or something i think is one of the chapters is what's called and like it's and then she uses that as a metaphor for for her writing and and stuff like that so it's it's really cool if you're trying to get into writing and you just want somewhere to start you know cheap book read it you can and the cool thing is you can kind of just pick a chapter like it's nothing is in any order i mean she kind of orders it like there is an order to it if you wanted to read it in order but if you know if you're struggling at any part just open it up to a chapter read it whatever and uh right i've been finding it fairly helpful to just like you know she she gives you some in one chapter she gives you some topics like talk about yourself talk about your sex life talk about um you know, right. Writing this essentially just right. write, what your first kiss was like, write your first date, write, uh, you know, about the watermelon you just ate or what are you going to do in two minutes? You know, like just little exercises. About, yeah. Yeah. Write About what just happened five seconds ago. Write About what happened 10 seconds ago. It's literally just like, don't stop writing, you know, don't, don't give your brain a chance to take a break. Just keep going, keep going. And eventually you'll just, it'll become habitual and then you'll be able to get your, your rich, like she uh, has, you know, has rituals. Like I'm going to, I do this for 10 minutes before I really break into the writing. She said she has a friend who would like write for like 10 minutes, all this crap. And then she'd tear up everything she wrote and throw it away. And then, then she would start her actual writing, you know, like mm. her real novel. I'm writing a chapter for my novel, you know, like people have all right. sorts of weird quirks and rituals for their stuff. So that's one book I definitely would recommend picking up if you're trying to uh, do some writing and then if if you want to get into scripts you know script notes is a great way to yeah they analyze people's scripts um they can do like a three-page send-in and uh you know these are two guys who've written you know feature film multiple feature films um they analyze the scripts they they talk about industry they talk about their writing their life yada yada, yeah. yada. highly recommend that podcast yeah a great one yeah. and uh you, you have to buy all their old episodes but that's totally worth it i think and then uh, i think john august actually wrote uh what did he what does he call it it's on their website it's like the survival guide to writing or something where he tries to give you
1: yeah topics the, the, topics the cards or, or whatever
0: there's the cards but then there's like the book too oh. um yeah i don't know but yeah totally book. like there's like lots of like, you know, script things. There's a store there's one book called Story. Um if you're really into analyzing how to structure a story, you could totally read that. But uh yeah, there's lots of stuff, lots of helpful stuff yeah. out there to get you to get you, get you, know, you to go. And that yeah. that's one thing that's kind of interesting
1: about animation versus live action is when you're doing an animated film, you're kind of you develop the story, but you're also kind you have a lot more flexibility to change things um Mm -hmm. so and i think that's kind of like my running theory of why pixar is so good besides that that they have an excellent creative team um and um but the just the fact that you can like go back and say hey let's let's switch this line or um let's switch the reaction here let's make it more like this um when you're making a live action movie you can't really go back like whatever you get on the day is like what you get um and you can get options sure um but you don't have the flexibility and that's kind of where writing in for an animated film is so it's just like, it's like a different job you know cuz cuz the yeah. the process is like in in live action you can write and then you can either be part of the process if you're wanted there, (laughs) or even if you're not wanted there, you could still be part of the process. Um, sometimes you're in the editor room. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes you just get a script and, um, you give them your script and then you go away. Um, sometimes you come in and work on someone else's script during production. Sometimes you work on someone else's script in development. Um, so, and you have to write in their voice. Uh, so it's kind of just all over the place and, such a crazy crazy job that just involves all this different shit um but it's just so weird that like the whole I and this is where I've like I've wanted I have this animated film that I really want to make um and have been wanting to make but I didn't realize it was an animated film until recently but I have no I've like like I know After Effects I know Premiere but like I do not trust my technical ability to like animate characters or any of that bullshit um i can do very simple things but like i think i could archer is like amazing i could do like a crappy version of archer <laughs> you know yeah i could do like a really crappy archer um with my technical skills uh but oh, i just want to go through that process so bad like it would be so awesome but i need to i need to learn more in order to to get there
0: yeah, it becomes really obvious why there's a team of animators on any given show yes. that's animated. Yeah. You know, um, our Archer's credits—the biggest portion of the credits—are just the animators uh, in that show. Like you said, is fairly. I mean, it's pretty. They've done some revolutionary things with it, but it's also f- fairly simple in terms of its 2D and yeah. You know, it's
1: yeah, like it well, seems, it, like how South Park seems not very complex yeah you know where it just looks it looks so simple but it is it's still very complex and can be more complex than 3d um yeah like it has the ability to be more complex um Mm -hmm. but you know
0: yeah you know also one last thing about pixar in writing is pixar has a was it 23 rules for storytelling uh, i I believe it's 22 actually 22 yeah Yeah, so you can definitely look that up and you know pixar is very well known for their stories so yes and i believe Uh,
1: those are more relevant to their feature films i don't think they're relevant to their shorts because i I think their shorts are playing by different rules and exist for different reasons um sure but the those are definitely yeah that's a great little list um and it's you know really any information that you can find whether it's pixar's uh stuff the the joseph campbell hero's journey yeah, the hero's journey um don't a, a lot of screenwriters say and i'm not a screenwriter so i'm just repeating what they say but they say um don't just copy it you know like still write your story um and write it to the best of your ability, but don't like you know, don't just copy what other people do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't don't just like follow the hero's journey like B for B, unless that's what your story calls for.
0: Um Right. You still gotta make it your own somewhere along yeah, the line.
1: Yeah, make it your own. I don't really know. They they other screenwriters who are far more knowledgeable than I w- would would be able to, to tell you so look look for that information because um, i know a lot of people get frustrated by like save the cat and um any sort of book that talks about like the rules of screenwriting um because there's really not oh like there are rules there's like techniques but they're not like i mean they're meant to be i mean you could break them you know yeah there's nothing
0: hard and set in filmmaking there's just a lot of guidelines
1: yeah there's guidelines but you don't need to do those to be successful i mean i just right. i just watched uh terrence malick's um uh days days of heaven days in mm-hmm. heaven days of heaven. days of heaven yeah and pretty unconventional <laughs> I, I will say it's pretty it's not uh it's not a very typical film as far as sound design goes as far as uh, how the story kind of plays out and how it just kind of sits on a lot of establishing shots for a really long time. Um, so yeah, I mean, just go figure something out. Just go do something neat.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, Lynch's his first film green garden or green turtle or something like that. Turtle back hit, the, his, the short, that. the short film. yeah it was written on like a series of like napkins it was just like a bunch of ideas Uh, or something that he had yeah Um, and i think eraser head was like 22 pages and half of them were like you know not really script blank yeah yeah so (laughs) you know you can make all sorts of films with all sorts of i mean harmony corinne he writes a script just to shop the idea around and then when he's filming he basically doesn't use the script at all so you know that's it's (laughs) It's totally up to you yeah. with how you do it. There's no hard and set rules. It's just everything helps. You know, I think that's really the way to, to look at it. Yeah. But also nothing helps at the same time. Also nothing helps. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so writing. I think, uh, yeah, seriously, we need to do, there's a whole episode, another full episode we could do on uh, the writing process of certain right. films for sure. Yeah, the pre development
1: writing stage, like before you get into development. Yeah.
0: And then talking about scripts before and after producers get their hands on them and directors get their hands on them and stuff like that. Yeah. Because uh, there's a whole, That's becomes its whole, like a whole political, whole different process entirely. Yep. It's a different uh, job. It is. Yeah. It is. Well, uh, should we wrap this one up?
1: We I think so. This yeah. is the shorter episode going uh what it's about an hour and eight minutes now <laughs> that's where we're at yeah so these are the short ones
0: <laughs> only an hour yeah <laughs> i was kind of gunning for like 40 minutes or so but you know whatever we, th- we did discussion okay was fine i think our discussion was fine we and, uh, our discussion was
1: never halted by just byron just mic. cracking up i don't
0: know what you just said oh oh all.
1: sorry i'm totally playing with
0: mike oh, um it again okay oh is it can you hear me now i can't hear you Wait. at all how about now? Nope. Can't hear you at all.
1: How about now? Still can't hear you. Really? How about now? Okay, here, I'm doing this. How about now? Can you hear me? <laughs> there we Wait. I heard something. Wait. Can there you, you hear go. me? Yeah. Now I can. I can't really hear you. Because <laughs> I had to meet you. Uh, wait, Technical hang on. Technical issues. God, we Why we have to movie? take this out. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was weird. Um, what was i gonna say oh yeah it's um it's this podcast goes a lot faster when byron isn't just uh, giggling in the corner about some random thing that
0: he <laughs> does <laughs> uh, uh, oh man there's still it's interesting though i think i hope yeah the, the dynamic we've established quite a dynamic with the three of us though i so.
1: know i hope he listens to this end part i hope so too. just so just so he can feel pain 'cause i feel like he need <laughs> we need to make him feel more pain. And, and especially pain for for making us do this episode as a one off. Thanks a lot, Byron, <laughs> leaving us high and dry. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> I'm not high. I don't know, about you. I don't know about you. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm definitely dry, man. It's fucking oh. hot today. But I guess it's I guess it's kind of it's it's wet out today. But. <laughs> So, I'm not dry. I'm neither. I'm neither high nor dry. Oh, my God. Oh my God.
0: <laughs>
1: there it is. There's our closer right there. Oh, also, I forgot <laughs> to mention um, Pixar has this other film. It's called The Angel. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, 12 for 12. Two. 12 4 two. 12.
0: See, you let's were like, let's talk about what? Drive what is and, talk winding about? and trash humpers while we're at it, too. Yeah. Who? <laughs> Who is that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Exactly. Did you oh, like? Did you like yeah. my comment
1: on your review of Only God Forgives?
0: <laughs> nah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You're like is this not. is the best film ever. I watched it again. Masterpiece. And then I just commented. Nah. Nah. Good discussion. <laughs> it's good. Really, really open ended. We listened to each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, I felt like I walked away learning a lot. Yeah. yeah, I did. I walked away learning
0: nothing from you. So that was a one-way street. That is that is how our relationship <laughs> is. <laughs> I teach you everything you know. Exactly.
1: You and Byron, I'm I'm the learner. See, because I watch Ghost, and you you guys like <laughs> there it is. You guys like not Ghost. <laughs> there it is. Oh, okay, we covered all our bases, so I think we're good to go. Yeah, we did. We got the angel, got Ghost, got <laughs> Nicholas Reffin in there. Yeah. should be sweet. But yeah, we, I we're we probably not going to do another
0: episode for probably two weeks. Well, I'm hoping we can do it when we get back. So I get back on a Tuesday um, so we could do it, that recording on the Thursday, the regular Thursday recording. Right. Which would be nice to do because uh, I really want to wrap up the Tarantino stuff and yes. move this right along to the – because that's kind of been like – three weeks now even trying to do that one so yes we've been struggling
1: uh, yeah (laughs) but we're still it's not we're not falling off the face of the earth we're still interested in doing this podcast yeah um just so the just so our three viewers (laughs) now
0: we'll have more eventually we're on itunes now so we're on itunes yeah fucking itunes give
1: us a uh give us a review i i i reviewed us um
0: and I'd love to. I'd love to read some reviews yeah. for sure. Even if it's a bad review, at least I could learn something. Like you know, yeah. If these three idiots sound like they don't know what the fuck they're talking about, let's. <laughs> better to know that than not. I guess. Right. So.
1: No. Yeah. It'd be good. It'd be good to learn. But it, what would also be good is is you saying your opinions about that angel shot, or just <laughs> or if you have recommendations for Byron, like what ice cream Byron should have before. Um <laughs> he watches his movies because apparently he loves ice cream um or or, or if, if you, you just have... want to tell Jacob to shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah. you know then that's a that 's a good we' like everything's great about this podcast, except all of the jokes that Jacob attempts to make are just so painful like i I cringe when I hear them um i wouldn't be surprised
0: <laughs> I really hope. I hope at some point we get enough listeners to where people start picking their favorites, and then they start defending. Like, yes, Jacob's jokes suck. I love Jacob's jokes, man. They're so endearing. Wh- why just why so does much the humor. person who like my jokes is like the little person? <laughs>
1: What was that? I really like these jokes. Like, as the tiniest voice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't on purpose. It was just uh, differentiating voices. I know. I there's something to investigate here. I believe. <laughs> um, Underlying themes and motives. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah. Give us a review or whatever. That'd be sweet. Cause
0: it'd just be cool to read things. I don't know I'm pretty stoked just to see us like on um, I can pull up my phone and go to the podcast app and like there we are you know and yeah. any review like I said it's cool just to to know that even like a couple of people are listening is pretty rad yeah because we don't really it's hard to tell how many people are actually listening
1: to this but honestly if you're listening to it and you're like even this short episode is fucking long as hell <laughs> like please <laughs> please just m- make it 40 minutes you know like that's that'd be yeah. fair if we I, you know I could see that in the future us trying to like s- really slim it down you know I could see us we're definitely trying we're trying yeah but we could try harder but we're just not We're we're still trying to figure things out here but I mean if yeah. you really think that say it and and maybe it'll get us to you know decrease our running time yeah
0: <laughs> I don't know I don't know. Anyway. Yep. Well, in, in the spirit of that and keeping things a bit short, uh, if you have any questions, topic suggestions, opinions, or if you have any fact corrections, you can send an email to btbfilmspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're always trying to learn new things, so we'd love to hear from you. You can also visit our Facebook page and join our Facebook group, uh, both Back to Back Films uh, Podcast. You can comment in the group or discuss this week's episode. Those episodes can also be found at soundcloud.com slash btbfilms. Our intro and outro music was composed by Curtis Skinner, who can be found at skinnyproducing.com. So the next episode we'll be covering, which will be in two weeks uh, from today, actually, uh, will be the last part of our Tarantino special with Django Unchained and The Hateful Eight. And then we'll be moving on to The Evil Dead. (laughs) and uh hopefully what we're planning is to move into peplum which is like hercules and the italian uh like sandal uh, sword and sandals yeah exactly exactly so that's the goal um yeah it kind of will move us into something different that i think you know is not something any of us are super familiar with and that'll just pull us away from and kind of From Tarantino, you know, in that style. Yeah, which is actually, it's interesting because uh, Peplum is makes Westerns
1: and superhero, like they're all kind of similar, like Western movies and superhero and Peplum films. They're all like, they're all kind of the same film and we can talk about Mm -hmm. why that is and maybe that's just like the true, you know, that's like the reason why those genres are so big is because that is like what pleases people the most. Mm
0: Mm-hmm yeah I think so I think there's it's a in terms of history it's going to be a good topic to cover yeah Uh, sure open up a lot of the others Uh, so yeah make sure you watch Django Unchained and Hateful Eight uh, to be a part of the discussion for our next episode thanks for listening to this one bye